Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In the Gun, episode number 98 here of ITG. I don't really know. This is normally where I say something goofy just to kind of dip our toes into the shallow end. I tell you, I'm Wesley Euler. I've got the best teammates in the business, the runaway beer truck, Owen Schmidt, and the signal caller, Jed Drenning. You are in the gun, and we have no recap to bring you here in this episode, episode number 98 of ITG. The Mountaineers obviously coming off their bye week. Uh, but what we do have are heavy hearts as uh, one of our own, as he would have said, uh, a WVU brother, uh, Dale Wolfley, surprisingly passed away at 56 years young uh, this past weekend. It's it's a tough one, gentlemen. We're going to, uh, you know, we won't, we'll do just a little intro here. We will, uh, we'll keep up with Big Daddy and really kind of deep dive into into some Wolf memories on the other side, but we have heavy hearts here as, as we record this today as, as one of our own and I think just one of the most unique energetic, passionate Mountaineers you could ever meet in Dale Wolfley. Uh, again, left us far too soon this past weekend. We do want to make sure before we get into any of this, uh, his family has started a GoFundMe. Um, you can find that on our social media accounts. You can also find that if you're watching on YouTube, uh, right in the description of this video. As uh, Jed, we know this is one of those moments, man. One of the things uh, that, you know, that we love, we all love so much about being Mountaineers is how we all rally behind each other um, in the good times, obviously, and in the bad as well, too. Uh, and this is uh, this is one of those times where where the Wolfley family needs all the support that they can get from Mountaineer Nation. Yeah, we're going to we're going to celebrate Wolf uh, tonight. We're, we're taping Monday night. This happened Saturday night in his sleep. Uh, I found out Sunday. Uh, as did the rest of you guys. And that we're all going to kind of unpack, you know, our experience with Wolf, how we found this out, uh, what, you know, what, what he meant to so many different people. But uh, the, the biggest thing we have, we have a platform here and there's never been a better time uh, than right now to go to that link, go to that GoFundMe and help the good people of the Wolfley family out. I mean, there's never been a better time. I put a tweet out because it felt weird if I didn't, to be honest with you, uh, Sunday night. And the response to that tweet and probably every other post on social media about Wolf was absolutely beyond the pale, crazy with volume and engagement. And uh, I mean, I, I might have even had in, in, in my Twitter post a, close to a thousand engagements or likes, retweets, whatever they call it now, endless stream of comments, endless Right before we jumped on here, I got another call from former player Tommy Robsock. That's why he called. I mean, heavy hearts for 24 hours now. Everybody's been having these conversations. We're all trying to lean on each other, make each other feel a little better. But we're going to get Big Daddy on here. We all know Wolf, and everybody has Wolf stories. Owen, you got plenty. Wes, we, we all do. Uh, so, But the biggest thing we wanted to do is please, please, please get on, on that GoFundMe and do the right thing, do whatever you can. We know these are tough times. We know these are lean times, but uh, it's times like now that that you're really glad you live in West Virginia. I always say that there's nowhere in the, the country you'd rather, you know, have a flat tire because your neighbors help you out, right? Well, this is this is a pretty big flat tire. So let's, uh, let's help the Wolfley family out and do anything we possibly can. You know, my wife and I already been talking about it. So uh, that, that's kind of where we're at with it it's going to be a tough one. We're going to labor through it, but we're going to try and make it fun. Cause that's, you know, Wolf we'll, we'll sure, sure. Wasn't that's what, that's fun, what, yeah, right? that's what he would yes. want for uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you've spent more than uh more than 30 seconds uh, around Dale, around any of the Wolfleys, I mean, they all have that larger than life kind of persona. Um, they're guys that you want in your foxhole big. Oh, you know, that's, that's, I, I think, you know, Jed, Jed said this uh, in his tweet, that I think, uh, you know, calling somebody a great dad, a great father is is perhaps the best compliment that you can pay to a man. Uh, I would agree with that. Big O, I might say that the next biggest thing is, you know, that that's one of the guys you would want in your foxhole. And that's what I uh, that's what I keep thinking about, Dale, is, is we, you know, is these uh, these days of dragged on here. Yeah, um, I think going along with what Jed said, I don't think there was one time that I spoke with Wolf that he didn't mention his boys. And just how darn proud he was of them, uh, like like you said, I mean, he was a dang brother, man. I mean, you want to talk brother? 
I mean, I can remember every time we'd get together, big old bear hug, big embrace. Um, he'd always call me Schmitty. And uh, just, you know, it would just start rolling from there. We, we'd be telling the jokes and then telling the good old days stories, all the, all the war stories. And, um, you know, he would always say, man, Schmitty, you could have played with us. You could have played <laughs> with us, brother. You're one of us. And that's what, uh, that's one of the best compliments you can get. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And, uh, like I said, just so, so proud of his boys and, uh, he's going to be missed, man. He was such an advocate when through his roles with WVU of getting alumni back together and pushed really hard for that probably was the best one that since I've been, uh, around the program of getting everybody together within the alumni tent. And it always felt super welcoming, uh, when he was in charge of that um, operation. So, you know, now it, it just seems, and he's since had passed on and had took other res responsibilities and roles with the team and then, and then kind of ventured out on his own um, deal here with the Wolfman's call um, here of recently. But, you know, I had worked with him with Joe Zwiak um, and, really getting to know him and who he was. I mean, hell, I just seen him a couple weeks ago and uh, it just seems like it's just every time you see him, you never skip a beat. And uh, all we ever do is talk about chum up gold, good times. And uh, man, it's, it's so, you know, cause I have text changed with, you know, guys I played in high school with guys I played in college with guys I played in the pros with. And the guys who are in the pros, you know, we've all been embraced by Wolf and, and kind of got to be around him. And the biggest thing I think was, man, so, so unexpected, so early, so soon. Life is so short um, and just so unexpected. So, you know, it kind of really zaps you in. I mean, I got to have a four-year-old son. I can't imagine, you know, what. You know, I sent a brief text out to Stone and just let him know that I was there for him and stuff, whatever he needed. And I know he's going through a heap of stuff right now. Um, but just to let them know that what's up and and he can reach out at any point in time to get a hold of me if he needs anything. But please, if I could just kind of reiterate on the the GoFundMe stuff. Look, man, we understand times are tough and it is what it is. Any any little bit helps, even just a small message um to to help with uh such a heavy loss so all i all i can ever say and, and i'm sure we'll get into it is some good old uh stories with wolf but uh he was such a such an inspiration and such a like you said larger than life character yep. he was he, he would literally bright up a room uh once he started uh going so that uh it's unfortunate uh we lost a brother so early Hey Wes, I, I, I'm going to say here's my suggestion. If is Big Daddy in the in the waiting room? I tried to text Skyler. I don't know if you can see that or not. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think so just yet. Okay. Uh, what I was going to say, what what he uh, Skyler says, yes. Let's no commercial break tonight. We we don't need that. Okay. Let's, let's go ahead and roll with Big Daddy. Let's do it. Uh, Let's do it. Let's bring yeah, them in hey, here. What, that's the last thing Toothman and, and Fortis would want right now in the middle of a wolf conversation. So JR sure wouldn't want it. Rick wouldn't want it. So let's let's go ahead and roll Big Daddy in here. And uh it would it would feel weird otherwise, right? Uh Big Daddy, here we are. Hey, hey. Yeah, here we are. And this is once again normally where I try and say something funny is no, a semi awkward not. transition. Um, Sean, I mean, buddy, like the, just the, you know, you can always tell when people really had an effect on those, um, when they go and you see just the, the, the thoughts, the prayers, the memories, the emotions from all across the board. Um, Dana Holgerson talked about Wolf in his, in his press conference today, yeah. Randy Bauman, who is, you know, the, probably the the number one ranked, if you will, Pittsburgh radio host, his brother, Charlie kicked for WVU when Wolf, mm -hmm. he was talking about him on the DVE morning show in Pittsburgh. Mark Madden was talking about him in Pittsburgh today. So, I mean, from, from West Virginia up to Buffalo, where he's from all the way out to Arizona, where Ron Wolfley is, 
uh, man, Dale, Dale had an impact on a, on a lot of people's lives. And I know you are uh, amongst those as well. It's, it's crazy when everything started happening yesterday, you know, we're getting texts that something might be coming out that they, you know, nothing's confirmed yet and everything starts happening. And then once it, once it was confirmed, once everybody saw Hoppy's tweet, the text that I started getting from people that I haven't talked to in forever that just started telling me wolf stories. They just started, I did this, I did this, I did this, he did this for me. We like, it's absolutely incredible the reach that somebody like that has. And, and Wes, you're absolutely right. Like, not not to be morbid, but when you when you think about your own passing, which we we all have done, you want you want to be remembered. You want to be somebody who made an impact on people's lives. And if I have done anything in this world to do one tenth of the way that Wolf will be remembered, then my God, have I done absolutely everything I could possibly do? Because I'm telling you, just the stories about my first thought when it happened yesterday, aside from obviously being very sad and the tragedy that it was, was my God, do you know the stories that we are going to start to get from people about <laughs> Wolfley? Everybody in the known universe has 78 stories about Wolf that are PG, yep. 317 that are PG 13, and maybe 5.6 million that are already. <laughs> <laughs> And that was my first thought, like, my God, you understand the stories that people are going to start just telling immediately because it helps us feel better. Right. Obviously, it's cathartic, but also that's the guy's legacy. That's his memory. It, it's 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 absolutely astounding. And some of the stories, Big Daddy, might now come out <laughs> because fear of reprisal and wolf. Uh -huh. ass. Yes. You know, now they'll move on and tell the stories. Right. Now so, there's a one sided situation. Yeah, that's a one sided situation. But I. You know, I, there's a, I've often said, when I think of Chris Gray, who a lot of people associate with 9-11, the darkest day in this nation's history, yeah. I can't associate Chris Gray with that. He's the funniest dude I've ever known <laughs> in my life, okay? Yeah. So on no way can I, can I reconcile that in my mind, that he's part of that, that he was in Tower 2, that he... Because to me, there, there's there's an immortal aspect to Chris Gray. I'll always remember him the way I remember him. Well, with, with Wolf, the same kind of vibe hits you. It's like you just can't. Again, when I first started getting these texts, I, I was on a trip this weekend, family trip in Cleveland. We hit Cedar Point. On the way back, I was listening to the Steeler game. So I was listening to Craig. I was listening to Bill Hillgrove. And it wasn't until after that that I started getting these texts. And much like you said, Big Daddy, it was weird. It was like, you get the text, but wait a minute, is this actually, do we know this? Or is this kind of, it had that, so for a fleeting couple minutes, you had this this hope that, well, maybe it's not confirmed. Maybe this isn't true. Maybe this is just wrong somehow, some way. I don't know how, but it, it wasn't long before, you know, I got the confirmation. And then it settles in that this is real. He, and I don't even see, I'm 53. I don't see Wolf as 56. I see Wolf as my age. Oh. Yeah. This guy's been in my life since 1990, right? I mean, we played together at WVU. That's when I first met him. There, he was a captain, okay? And he's always been the same kind of way that he, that he is or was the other day on Saturday. And and then also, I, I couldn't help but notice, first of all, he, he wanted to sleep, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, so if you're going to go, that's the way to go. But not only that, but he was posting some stuff throughout the day on Saturday, it was a college football Saturday, but he still had time for the Sabres, and he was having a good day. Yeah. So he went in his sleep, and he went in his sleep at the end of a good day. Yeah. And I, that, that's what I keep falling back to. I was like, you know, that's that's pretty fitting, I guess. And and Charlie Fedorko, who came in with Wolf, Fedorko played with Wolf. He was a receiver on that team. Uh, you know, dear friends with him for thirty plus years. I've had multiple conversations in the last 24 hours with Chaz and and the same type of thing. What what you said, Owen, Fedorko touched on too. People underestimate the level to which Wolf was the one to extend the olive branch to the former mm -hmm. players, not just those that he played with, no. but those that preceded him, those that came after him. And he forged that bridge 
for those former players to once again feel welcome back. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I was talking to Julian Miller. I mean, the list just goes on. And and the thing Jules was saying, he's like, look, just like you said, Owen, the text threads. He said, Jed, I can't even describe to you what everybody on that thread's feeling like. Yeah. And it's just there's so many countless people that are sitting back there for one reason or one way or the other. And we're all going to get into our stories, but I think first we have to attach a relative meaning yeah. to what this did. And, and, and I can't help but notice, I, again, I'm I'm overwhelmed by the level of engagement of a simple tweet that I just felt compelled to say something, okay? I've known him too long. I work with him too long to not say something. How can I position something that's entirely about Wolf? And the two things that come to mind, nobody loves Davey more than him, and he was a good dad, just like you talked about, Owen. He was constantly talking about his kids. He was constantly trying to find ways to, to go see one of them play or spend time with one of them. Mm-hmm. And that's the measure of a good dude right there is, is, are you a good dad? Okay. So those are the two things that came to mind. But the comments, the endless stream of comments, I really don't know that Wolf appreciated how beloved he was. And I'm not the only one putting a tweet out. Every tweet or comment or post I saw relative or similar engagement. I mean, this has hit everybody in Mountaineer Nation in such a huge way. There's there's a a woofly sized hole in Mountaineer Nation right now. That's what it is. And then these comments, holy cow, these comments. It's just, it truly is. I, I don't think, and again, we all knew him. I really don't think he knew the level to which he was beloved by Mountaineer fans. Even if he did, Jed, even if he did, you know that he would brush it off. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. That that that's good. That's that, that's he would appreciate it, but it would not it would not define him. It would not be a look. Look how much people love me. Look how many people love who I am. Na- name name a football player for WVU that's ever played here, and if they are on social media, they have posted something about it. Yeah. What okay. does that say? No doubt. No doubt. Being and, somebody and across, not a football player that just is associated with WVU, they've posted something about him. And across, you know, across Cardinals fans, because they love Ronnie so much and, and they know what the Wolves are doing. From from I mean it's it's been it's been nonstop from Steelers fans for the last twenty four hours or so because they all love Craig and they know how much I mean again, and that's that's kind of the beauty of if you know Ronnie but you didn't really spend much time around Craig and Dale, you know Craig and no Dale. Craig and Dale. Yeah. If you spent a yeah. lot of time around Dale, but maybe not much around around his older brothers, you know his older brothers because they are all the same, larger than life, light up the room. Everybody they've ever met is their best friend. They've got time for everybody, huge hearts, and just just a blast to talk football, to to be around these type of settings with guys who are passionate about the game. That, that passion that Dale has for WVU, same way Craig is with the Steelers, same way Ronnie is with, with the Arizona Cardinals and with, and with WVU as well too. And uh, I just, yeah, man, that's, I mean, that's, you know, I, I didn't know Dale as well as you guys did. Um, You know, I've been around him a few times and had met him and, and things like that, but I work with his brother, Craig every day. I was with him on Sunday for 10 hours. I was with him today for, you know, he, he's Craig still did a show this morning. Um, and God bless him, but he said, you know, he, he, he texted me and kind of the director of our station last night and said, guys, I'm coming to do the show tomorrow because one, that's what Dale. And that's what my father would want me to do. And, and, and two, I just, I don't want to sit around and and think about, you know, my baby brother being gone. I, I would rather do the show and have something to distract me for the morning. And, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that, again, if you've met one of the, one of the Wolfley brothers, you've met all the Wolfley brothers and, you know, Jed, before I, you know, we'll, we'll tell some stories here. Maybe we'll spin, spin the block back to Owen. I know Big O's got a good, a good story or anecdote or, or something to, to share with us, but this is what's, this is what's been sticking with me for the last, you know, what, I don't know, 28 hours or so it's Monday night as we record this 28 hours or so since, since Sunday afternoon when, when the news broke, Jed, you, you said it right there a minute ago. Uh, no one loved WVU more than Dale, right? 
And I, you've said that Dan Zangrilli said that. I mean, uh, I, I've seen that a dozen times in in the last day. He's the ultimate Mountaineer. Nobody loved more. Nobody loved the Mountaineers more. Nobody loved WVU more. Uh, I can't remember if it was Stone or Mav. One of them posted a thing on Twitter and said the yeah. same thing. You know, like my my dad loved the Mountaineers so much. That that means a lot to me because. You guys, you guys will laugh at this. Uh, Jed, you know, you're from West Virginia. Sean, you're from West Virginia. Big O, you're, you're kind of more like me in the sense of, you know, Dale wasn't a West Virginian born and raised. And while I, in a way, am a little bit different, you know, my mom's whole side of the family's from Dodgers County. I spent so much time in my childhood, every summer, every holiday in Dodgers County. Half of my family is from West Virginia. Um, and they all bleed gold and blue, right? But they should. They're from West Virginia. They're West Virginians. They've been born and raised in it their entire lives. Selfishly for me, you know, my parent, my mom's from West Virginia, born and raised, Dodgers County, all my family. My parents met at WVU. My initials are WVU. You guys know the you guys know the drill. For me, I always have a soft spot spot in my heart for people like me, for people like Dale, who, you know. Could could have could have gone anywhere for school. Could have could have felt about any alma mater, but maybe chose WVU. That's the best way to put it. And Dale even more so than me, right? Again, my initials are WVU. My mom's from there. My parents met at school there. I was kind of baptized in it, right? I mean, I guess I could have been like, eh, screw you guys. I'm going to Ohio State or, or whatever. You know what I mean? But to me, for and again, I don't know if there's any rhyme or reason for it, but that's just what I've been thinking about in the last like. I I love people like me who weren't necessarily born and raised in West Virginia. People like Big O, right, who weren't necessarily raised in West Virginia. Dale, a, a, a Buffalo guy um, who just ends up embodying everything that it means. Dale was everything that it means to be a Mountaineer. Big O, everything that it means to be a Mountaineer. And as often as we do, rightfully so, there's not a program in the country that represents its state more than West Virginia. There's not a college football program that is associated more with its state than West Virginia is. And don't give me Alabama because Auburn's won national championships and is a massive program as well, too. All these other states. But there's just something for me about guy, you know, it's it's Owen. It's a why you're one of my one of my favorite players of all time, you know. And I would have told you that before we started doing this podcast. For guys who um, are outside of the 1.8 million that we talk about all the time, but become part of the 1.8 million. Like I know Owen has, like I know Dale has, like I hope that I have. That's just that's just always special to me because you know Jed, you you pointed this out in our recap episode, right? How we, you and I were kind of talking about how this football team embodies West Virginia in the sense of bottom of the rankings, picked last, discounted, counted out, all these things, and you go out there and prove people wrong. For somebody to embrace that, for someone from the outside to look in at West Virginia and say, yeah, I want that. That's where I belong. That's my home. That, that, that always means a lot to me because I, you know, I, I, I see some of that in myself as well, too. And again, when, when you're a guy who is you know, the ultimate Mountaineer, no one loved WVU more, and you're from Buffalo, New York, uh, that's, that's, that's pretty special to me. No, absolutely, Wes. I think talking to Dale, you if you didn't know that he wasn't from West Virginia, you'd have no clue. You would have no clue because he's just that passionate about it. And I'm not going to tell any like crazy stories I've had with Wolf. They're they're in the uh, R-rated and some of the PG-13s, but a PG story I'll tell about him. Uh, and nothing bad, you know what I mean? Just really good times. Um, but the way I, I feel like I remember Dale the most is having these deep conversations with him about dealing with the football, you know, at large, trying to build that bridge, so to speak with all the alums and bringing everybody together because West Virginia was just you know, when I went to the, and I'll, I'll jump here for a second. When I went to the NFL, like I was looking for West Virginia. I was looking for the Mountaineers in the, in the pros. You know I mean? I was looking for that team, that camaraderie, that locker room that got, I got sort of close to it, but I never, it was just never going to happen. It was a unicorn. You know what I'm saying? 
And I feel like w- when we would talk about getting guys back and, and what we can do to enhance the experience for not just the players, but the families as well, because people forget, I mean, yes, the players live, um, the 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 experience but the fam- friends and family they're all there too for the ride and they they live it just as much as the players live it and being able to come back to something that at one point in time you were such a big part of and when you when you exit that you kind of you you, you know I'm not saying you get forgotten or left out it's just the natural progression of things because it has to it has to move on you you only get that's why it's so special you only get a certain amount of time to be able to spend with those people and you you forge this you know immense uh passionate intense bond with one another and he was always trying to to build that amongst all the generations of players and you know i've gotten a very unique opportunity to meet a lot of the guys that he's played with uh a lot of the guys that are around those years um you know i'll, I'll say just as of recent uh brian joswiak mike collins aaron beasley guys like that that starting to all bridge the gap together and and get on board i was with you know uh Jake the Snake, uh, that whole group, you know, that whole group, that whole team, all those guys, like just building it back together and and how unique those experiences, you know, and listening to their stories. And but re- full circle here, talk with what I meant about Dale was it was just crazy to see a guy who wasn't from West Virginia, who was so passionate about the program that he wanted all the brothers back. Yeah. All the family, you know, what I mean, all the family to get back together, the, the gang back together and spend those special moments and relive them, you know, on Saturdays during Mountaineer uh, football games. And, and just to get that unique bond, because that's really I feel like what I miss the most truly about being away from West Virginia now as a whole is just the unique experience that you you lose once once you leave and you're just always kind of yearning for that you know it's just like going to a family dinner or a a holiday you know what i mean it's it's just it's fun to get back and that's just something that i'll never forget about him just having so much passion for wanting to get everyone back together and and uh just reliving our our um our immense glory times that we've we all got to share and spend together Oh, and two of the people that reached out to me yesterday, one was a former intern of ours who then went on to GA under Wolf with the Varsity Club. So had all kinds of stories about the Varsity Club and getting to set things up with him. And another, I won't name her because I did not get, I didn't ask her if she'd be okay with this or not, but was the the woman who was his first GA that helped him start the Varsity Club. And I had no idea. And she told me that story about how she got injured and had to have a GA so she could stick around and helped him start it in a bathroom closet at the Coliseum and how they built it from the ground up. Yeah. So when you talk about passion projects, that's absolutely it. Since the, he he started it to make sure that guys like you and guys like Jaws and guys like Collins and Beasley and Kelchner and everybody else had somebody to reach out to or would reach out to them to connect everybody back together. Yeah. He had a whole different life guys that's not often discussed i think daddy you probably know about it jed get out of my head because we were i was going to bring it up too it's incredible (laughs) it's the stories that he would tell about touring with prince Mm -hmm. touring with michael bolton stevie ray vaughn security for these guys he told me a story which i'm not about to repeat about jessica simpson i think it was at the uh missouri state fair something that that happened to her i'm not even going there but uh I'm not about to repeat it, but uh, uh, wow. I mean, he just had, you talk about a fascinating dude. And and you know what? Uh, we'll continue with this, but I think this is a bit apropos. Skyler, if you guys didn't see, just sent us a message that was posted from the family of Dale Wolfley. Not a bad idea to probably read this right here. So from the family of Dale Wolfley, uh, 
on a bi-week visit to his mother's home in Buffalo, New York. We learned early Sunday morning that our dad and Dale had passed away in his sleep. Over the last 24 hours, we've struggled to come to the realization that this has happened. He was a loving husband, father, brother, and friend. He was a fierce protector and a lover of life. A large presence with an even bigger heart, we would like to thank everyone who has reached out or shared a message of support of our family. All your messages have helped the healing process. He loved you, Mountaineer Nation, more than you could ever imagine. This state, this school, this football team was his passion, and he would have done anything for them. We all know that's true. He supported the Mountaineers unconditionally. It was his home and his brothers he was cheering for. Thank you to all his WVU colleagues and friends that he worked with over the years, whether it was from the tent, the booth, or whatever the job may have taken you, wherever the job may have taken you. To all of his supporters of his daily talk show, The Wolfman's Call, thank you for being every step there, every step of the way as he ventured out on his own in a new world, as he called it. Finally, to all his former teammates and players, he loved all of you with everything he had. He was always worried he didn't do enough for everyone. He hoped you guys had as much fun as he did. We truly hope you enjoyed the passion and energy he would bring with him every step of life. There's only one way he would want this message to end. So thank you from his wife, Kathleen, and his children, Stone Vaughn, Maverick Ranger, Jade Nas, Tally Rain, and Kyle Isaiah Ray. Boom. Hard not to get emotional hearing that. Huh. Hard. It, 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 a, a perfect, succinct explanation of who he was. And the line that sticks out to me is, he always worried he wasn't doing enough. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> the polar bear stuff, the children's hospital. The guy, uh, the drop of a hat. If you texted him, you're answered, and whatever you needed was taken care of you're connected to the guy that can instantly and you know he the bond that i can't imagine i haven't spoken to coach nealon but i i can only imagine how beside himself he is matter of fact wolf wolf always like to say that part of the reason that he chose wvu was when their dad passed away hmm. coach nealon and some of the staff members went to orchard park and supported ronnie for the funeral so there is I I found it today. We obviously got some requests for potential footage, things like that. I found something on our server today that I just did not have the heart to watch. And I don't know that I will for quite a while. But in 1987, when Dale arrived on campus, the old MSN crew did a feature on all three Wolfley brothers. I, I had a feeling that's where you were going and could not again, couldn't I saw it and I just knew to send it. Just that's what people are going to want to use for whatever footage requests they're going to do. At yeah, and, some point, and, uh, I'm going to have to watch it. Skylar, if you can't find the picture, just remind me and I'll I'll send it to you. But now would be a good time. There's a picture of Dale at Mountaineer Field. All three of the brothers are in their full gear. Yep. Dale's kind of Dale's taking a knee in his uh -huh. full WVU get up and his two older brothers. Ronnie's got the Cardinal stuff on. Craig's got the Steelers stuff on and they're standing there at Mountaineer Field. The three brothers. It's an all-time picture i mean it's it's an all-time uh, not even more so when you consider that, that craig went to syracuse and this was like in the heyday <laughs> yeah. of this is in the yeah. heyday of syracuse and wvu well, wow, yeah sports wilder trophy and all that right and they still got him to come down to mountaineer field and 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 shoot that promo and that's you know that's how close those guys were as a family that's how you know proud of of their little brother that that craig and and ronnie were and yeah, Sean, I saw I saw the picture yesterday and it was one of those one of those stop me in my tracks moments. I could I don't even know if I've ever actually seen the full feature. So at some at some point I might have to because I'm sure that's pretty, pretty stinking cool. You mentioned Mark Madden and obviously there's a Pittsburgh connection with all of that. But the connection and I don't know that they ever worked together, but Wolf was a professional wrestler. I don't know if people know that, too. He was a curtain jerker, but he was still a professional wrestler. So there's another reason why Mark Madden's going to want to talk about him till the That's end right. of it is because he was there. He was in the profession. And That's right. 
If you didn't know, just take three seconds and think of your favorite Wolf clip from any of the shows he's been on and then realize, oh, yeah, he absolutely was a professional wrestler. For <laughs> he had that person I was going to say, if you didn't know, you're hearing you knew. say that and you're thinking, well, of course he was. Right? Yeah. Well, he was. It's almost like, guys, I'm, I, I'm tempted to have Skylar play some ACDC over that message that we read from his family. You know, it's a, a bed of ACDC underneath. It. I'll, I'll jump right in then because my the first thing that popped into my head, okay? It's 2012. It's our first trip ever out to Stillwater, Oklahoma, okay? I've never been before. I'm kind of excited to see. We stayed in Tulsa, and we take, it's either the Black Stallion or the Black Cimarron Parkway from Tulsa all the way to Stillwater, okay? Kickoff is 3.30 Eastern, so 2.30 Central, but Danny Nealon, because it's our first time at that stadium, had us up and out the door at like 5 a.m. Central on the bus. So we can get 17, hour 15, hour 17 to get there, I think. Yeah. Yes. So it is 5 a.m. I am sitting there, head against the window, going in and out. I look outside. The sun's starting to come up. There's a pack of coyotes that are just watching our bus go by, okay? And my grandfather, when he was in the war, was in um, was in the Army, and he was with a lot of Texas and Oklahoma guys. So anytime I went out there, I always wanted to call him and give him some stories. So I'm like, okay, coyotes, I'm going to call Pap later and think of that. And as I'm going in and out of consciousness, I just keep hearing something, and I think I'm losing my mind. So I finally set up at like 6 a.m., and it sounds like music. And so I start looking around like, what the hell is going on? Why do I hear? Nobody's awake. How do I hear music? And as the sun starts coming through, you can start seeing things on the bus. Dale Wolfley is sitting straight as an arrow in the front seat, his hand on the back of the bus driver's seat, headphones in, and I can hear the tail end of Orion by Metallica. And I'm like, is are his headphones that? And as soon as I think, are they that loud? I hear the opening strains of Seek and Destroy as though Metallica was here putting on a concert <laughs> in my front seat. I'm like, okay, there's Dale Wolfley, and we're game day ready at 6 a.m. halfway to Stillwater. Here we go. There were times, Jeff Callahan and I talked about this. Collie's, he's now the voice of Florida State. Well, in a past life, as he put it, he said, for a long time, Jed, you and me and Wolf were the three amigos, pre-game, post-game. Hmm. Uh, and that's very true. I like, I remember one time we were at Maryland, whatever they called it back then it's SecU stadium. Now that the stadium changes names all the time. We were literally running up against it and Wolf had to barrel through all these barricades, uh, violate probably half a dozen campus traffic laws hmm. and, uh, and deposit me and Collie at the gate so We could sprint to the elevator and get up. Wolf was like 20 minutes into the show before he got finally made it up, but we cut so many of those things close, but, for those who haven't pieced this together by now, Wolf kind of, sort of, liked to have a good time, all right? Uh, and, and he liked to indulge in a few of the uh, uh, the man beverages, as, as Owen might say, right? There were times for some of these departures from the hotel, and it seemed in the early days of the Big 12, we had a rental car, and me and Collie and Wolf would, would often leave at 5 or 6 in the morning. And there were a couple times, guys, that because Wolf had such a good time the night before, well, the night before for him was probably two and a half hours ago, right? We're leaving <laughs> at five in the morning. I was convinced that if we, for some reason, get pulled over, all three of us are going through a field sobriety test here just because I'm <laughs> in this car because of Wolfley in the back seat. I was like, holy, and all I had was coffee. <laughs> Fort Worth to Baylor, Jed. You remember that? We stayed downtown Fort yes, Worth. Downtown we had to drive Fort to Waco. Worth. We left early as can be, and Wolf just laid his head back and just tried to catch a couple on the drive. I, I remember getting into uh, what's the name of the place, Big Daddy? We we always stay in the same facility uh, when it's in Bethesda when we play Maryland. Yes, the Pooks Hill Marriott. Pooks over Hill, in thank you. Pooks yep. Hill, thank you. That's what I was trying to think of. Well, we always stay at Pooks Hill, and and I had my wife and boys with me one night, and we got there the night before the game. We got in late. And uh, we hadn't eaten dinner. So we're just, we're just going to eat down the restaurant in the hotel. So it's oh like, boy, I know this Friday one. Night. I know this one. Like 10 o'clock Friday night. And uh, the next thing you know, I see Wolf over in the corner holding court. with Running a, a full 15, meeting. 15 full boosters meeting. slash fans, probably all of the above, former players. And I literally heard him, like every five minutes, he was he was letting out with a Wolfman's howl. 
I mean, we're on the bottom floor of the hotel. They had to hear this on the fifth floor of the hotel, the Marriott, right? Can confirm we did. Multiple players came over and go, hey, that Wolf? Yeah, Wolf's downstairs, guys. We're good. Don't worry. And you know what else, Big Daddy? <laughs> later that night, later that night, that's when we found out Tunch died. Mm -hmm. And the next morning, it was a completely different Wolf that got on that bus because he was beside himself. He was shaking. He just got off the phone with Craig. Uh, Tunch Elkin, of course, works for the Steelers, but uh, so he was very upset about that. I remember he just he could pack it all in and get up and scream with the Eagles the next morning somehow, some way. He's just one of those old school souls that he packed so much into fifty six years on this earth. Oh man, how did he? I the yeah. the wrestling stories, the touring with the rock band stories. Uh, yeah. Before you even get into walking out you know, the, the gate at Williams Bryce stadium as a captain of the Mountaineer football team. It's just, he, for a guy who had, in some respects, he had a tough life. He was dealt a tough hand. You know, it's great to have resources as well established and as successful as your brothers as Ronnie and Craig, but at the same time, you're always compared to your siblings, right? Yeah. So he always had to strive for that. You have both guys, both older brothers in the NFL, both older brothers with very established broadcasting careers. That's a tall ask. And he just kept slugging, kept chugging away, kept punching. And just like I said, a guy, a renaissance man of sorts with all these just fascinating, diverse backgrounds that that didn't seem on one level to have anything to do with each other. But the closer you paid attention, the more interconnected it somehow made sense. Oh, well, OK, that, yeah, you did. The, oh, yeah. OK. And, and I'm like, wait a minute. How did you end up at a head coach at junior college in Arizona? Well, you know, uh -huh. my brother was there. And he, he tells you the story. Now it makes sense. Now it makes sense, but, uh, wow. Last yeah. one for me, and it's the one that popped into my head second after the Metallica story, because I tell everybody that one. When he would do the Wolf's Den with West Virginia Illustrated, now Gold Blue, the old hall traditions at the back of the uh, Pushkar Center, yeah. that's where we shot everything. Jed, that's where we did your Record Breakers feature that I did. Yeah. We shot everything back there, and West Virginia Illustrated would use that as their set as well. They would set up tables. They were there for the whole day, you know, in and out. We're all working together. Great. I walk back there with my gear on a Tuesday to get ready for the press conference and my playbook shoot and everything. I come around the corner and I come face to face with who I think is Dale Wolfley in a two sizes, too small, white rhinestone Elvis jumpsuit. Oh, boy. And I bump into him and he doesn't say anything and just goes, Hey brother, can you help me probably pin the back of this and turns around and his entire back is just out. He had gone to rent an Elvis jumpsuit to do one of his bits for the wolf den. Boys are us. Given him, they had given him a size or two too small. And he was just the hell with it. I'm going to make it work. So here I am camera and everything down, just trying to take safety pins and squeezing a suit around a mountain meat. around a mountain of back meat and he's trying he's trying to suck it in and he's moving his shoulder whatever you need to do brother just tell me like okay well just please stand still please god stand still it speaking stayed together meat. for the shoot but I... speaking of back meat we had our broadcast summit we have one every august it's kind of our launch meeting our prep work we get together you know it's the brain trust of msn as curious that might sound getting together and figuring out, Hey, okay, we're going to change this tweak that do this, do that. Well, the one year we had at the facilities building, and that was the first year that Kegler's had established the Wolfman burger. Okay. Oh, yeah. So guess what we had at the uh, broadcast summit by way of food. Wolfman Wolfley, burgers, baby. Wolfley had 12 Wolfman burgers delivered. All right. Yeah. So he's 7, like, hey, 000, only 7,000 calories each. Burger. Get that Wolfman burger. Try that Wolfman burger. <laughs> it, it reached a point. I was like, Wolf, what's this called again? What's it called now? It's a Wolfman burger. It's a Wolfman burger. And the first thing I asked him, I was like, it's a Wolfman burger. What the hell is lettuce doing on here? That's the first thing I had to know. <laughs> What's this green stuff? Huh? What's this green stuff? Yeah. Dude, it, you want to talk about a guy who could eat, What's that, Owen? You want to talk about a guy who could eat, man. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure he could eat. Mean, the on the road. You, you talked about it, Jed. It was the world's biggest Mountaineer fan, great father, Every person I saw, their third thing about Wolf was the man could put down an ungodly amount of red meat. Oh and my gosh! Dude. As someone who we've all witnessed it firsthand, it was it was haunting. 
like a broad sword. God bless Whoopi, who is, you know, his his mom, uh, Craig and Ronnie's mom. Imagine that house, Wes. Imagine imagine that house. With their dad, too. Three three boys who all play D1 football. Like, imagine what those dudes were eating. I've (laughs) got one three-year-old. One three-year-old in me, and I get worried about our budget. I don't know how the hell she did it. She must have just been slaughtering cows in the backyard. They had their own farm. There's no other explanation. I mean, there were times that Ugh. in the pregame, he'd wear the headset, okay? And and Wolf would get lathered up at the drop of a hat. I mean, if Wolf looks to his left, he lost three pounds sweating. I mean, that's just it, – it took very little to get him drenched, all right? But what would end up happening was the same headset that Wolf had on for three and a half hours for our pregame show – Tony then had to put on for the game broadcast. Oh, no. We had to rectify oh, no. this. Okay. So Wolfley figures oh, out, no. and there's pictures of this. Zan Grilly posted some pictures of this because I took them and sent them to Danny, and Danny posted them on his Twitter feed. Well, Wolfley started getting a towel and folding it and ho- holding it over his head, folding it down over his ears, and then clamping the headsets down around the towel. And I always told him, I said, Wolf, you look like some lady from the 1800s churning butter. You <laughs> <laughs> look like you belong in George Washington's cabinet, son. Yes. yes. Come on, Martha. What, what are you doing here? It's, you know, but that, yeah, I, it, uh, he, he had fun with it. I mean, you look up pregame, you, you know what it's like, Wes. You're like three minutes before you go on air. The, you know, your last chance to relax all day. Well, don't relax around Wolf. Okay. You turn around. And the next thing you know, he's Facebook live in the the, the booth. You're like, dude, yeah, what are you yeah. doing? Just what breathe for a minute, man. Just God, I didn't say anything just stupid here. You know, uh, he was he was just on just all the time, just yeah, something yeah, something to do, something to say, something to see. And again, those are the kind of people that you like. You said, Jed, you see, wow, fifty. I mean, it's it seems like he just got. I mean, he squeezed every. That's the that's always the one positive for me for people like like Wolf when we lose them too early is. You know what though? He squeezed every ounce of life out of those fifty-six years that that he possibly could. Never, there's, never there's, had a bad day. There's a reason turtles live a hundred years, right? Uh, whoops, the opposite, of whatever that might be. Yeah, that's I right. mean, it was nonstop. Right. It was full time. It was high motor. There was no off switch. Yeah. It was just go, 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 amped up. Go, 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 amped up. And I, like, and, and the most well-connected guy. This is what I'd probably have to add. That we haven't yet. It, most people listening probably don't even know what a Rolodex is, but okay. His, his cell phone had a, an extensive contact list. I promise you. And it, I'll give you one example. We got, we were on the secondary charter going to the uh, bowl game. Big daddy, were you, you were probably already out there. You probably went with a team. Normally we go ahead with a team, yeah. but there was a secondary charter out of Pittsburgh a few days later. Well, me and Wolf went on that one and took our families. Okay. And I remember we were on the tarmac because it was a TSA screw up the crew or something happened in Cincinnati. We were on that tarmac in Pittsburgh for eight hours. So we were supposed to get to Arizona, land in Phoenix at some decent hour, like four or five o'clock. We got there at 2.30 in the morning. So Hmm. everything was closed. You couldn't eat. And we're wondering, how are we even going to make it from the airport to the hotel? Well, Wolf's working the phones. And the next thing you know, some former player knew this person, who knew that person. We had a fleet of service cars. And I, I, to this day, I don't remember who it was. I drove home with some former player's wife and her kids. I drove back to the hotel. Me and my family were in her SUV loading things up. She's helping us load up. Wolf called and said he needed us. <laughs> he did, every awesome. time he turned around, he was doing something like that. That's yeah, awesome. man. There was, uh, there was, I think that's probably the biggest thing that I loved about him was that he just never did quit. There was times at the Josue golf tournament, man, uh, we, we never went to bed. We just, we <laughs> drank beers all night and then got up and he never played. He just rode around in the golf cart, but I would try to play. It never really worked out for me because I felt like I was having a stroke out on the course, <laughs> but I mean, and it would just be, it would like the stories, man. I mean, the, the it was like, they, you, you couldn't even believe some of them. Cause they were just so out there and I'm like, I, I would have just loved to be a fly on the wall for about a, the span from when he played ball to like his forties. 
like it, and it was pure rock and roll dude I rock mean, and roll all brother. the way four lifetimes worth right there yeah, like, that literally like net like zero sleep just living 24 7 like, i promise you there were a lot of flies on those walls too i'm sure yeah, some red meat splattered its way up there <laughs> And you know what's funny too is I, again you know I I work with Craig you know the oldest of the of the three Wolfley boys every day I produce I produce his show we're on you know Steelers broadcast together all that stuff he thought it was so damn cool that that Dale got to do that rock the amount of times he would name drop ah oh, well you know I got to meet Prince one time because my little brother Dale is worked security ah <laughs> oh, well Wes Wes you know your favorite guitar players ever ever Stevie Ray Vaughan right well you know I got to hang out with Stevie a couple times because you know my younger brother Dale was his was his security guy just you know a, 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 just, a lifetime just, of, just of memories like when he launches into some of those stories like well prince is gone too so maybe we're safe in saying this but uh he was out in la and prince had whatever it was that that prince would have stayed in at the time on this lot and wolfley was always with prince and mm -hmm. something happened where i don't know if it was prince's fiance prince's wife whoever it was made their way into town yeah and it was a surprise stop in this is the this prince is, is expecting it and prince had company so now it was incumbent Ooh. upon Wolf. He's like, wait, he's thrust into the middle of the situation, basically running interference for Prince. And he's like, that's not what I was hired to do. So, but he had to find it. And here again, he's not just telling a Prince story like, yeah, I stood by the stage and he played Purple Rain one night. No, no, no. He's telling these crazy stories. Like, wait, what'd you say? What'd you say, Prince? Wait, I had wait, to get the, the I had to get the no, mistress. No. I had to get the mistress out of the back of the tour bus before <laughs> the wife walked in the front door. Yeah, I mean, believable, but unbelievable. That was one I think he got tired of telling because everybody wanted to hear it. He'd always just go like, all right, so Brent, and he'd go right into it and just full bore like, yep, you know how to tell it. You've told well, him. I promise you, Big Daddy, everybody didn't want to hear the Jessica Simpson story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. We might, when we cut this thing off here in a minute, we You're might have to hear, hear that. We might have to hear the Jessica Simpson story. Uh, last thing I got, and then I'll, I'll give you guys any any chance to say final, final, uh, final piece here and final thoughts uh, on Dale. You guys will get a kick out of this. Uh, I know you guys know Tom Bradley, of course. Um, for for our listeners who don't, or maybe you're thinking, wait, I know longtime defensive coordinator at Penn State. Coached at WVU for a couple years, couple years with the Steelers, couple years with UC with UCLA as well too. Coin toss for the Penn State game, was he? He was at the coin toss for the the Penn State WVU game. Absolutely, another one of those guys that you know, if you've been around him for more than five minutes, he feels like a dear friend. He can light up a room. He's got stories for days, all that stuff. Well, a little over two years ago, uh, Tom Bradley and Jay Paterno started a college football show with ESPN Radio across Pennsylvania. Right kind of syndicated was run out of our Pittsburgh studios, but was syndicated across some ESPN uh, radio stations throughout Pennsylvania. And it was a college football show, you know, primarily Penn state, right? It was, you know, 70% Penn state, 30% college football, Jay Paterno and, and Tom Bradley. Well, after doing that for a couple of weeks, they, the two of them had this bright idea of like, you know what? We're in Pennsylvania. There's Pitt fans. There's WVU fans. Why don't we get a weekly Pitt correspondent who will come on the show for 10, 15 minutes and give us the latest on Pitt? Why don't we get a WVU correspondent who will come on the show for 10, 15 minutes and give us give us the latest on the Mountaineers as we kind of grow this thing and try and, you know, be, you know, listenable to, to a wider audience, all that stuff. So Tom Bradley at Steelers training camp two summers ago. He he comes up to me at the at the at our little our little booth and everything, and he sits down and he, hey Wes, I'm doing the show with Jay Paterno, uh, college college football pigskin stew, I think was the name. We're syndicated on ESPN, and we're talking about adding a pit guy. We're talking about adding a WVU guy, and I said, I got the best WVU guy, Wes Euler. He's our guy. He's a big mountaineer. He does this radio thing. He'll be great. And, and Scrap goes, he goes, would you be interested in doing this? He's like, there's a little money attached, not much. He's like, but it'll be literally 50, it'll be a 15 minute, you know, phone interview every week. That's it. And I said, yeah, Scrap, absolutely. You know, I'm down, you know, you give me the details. You let me know when we're starting. You let me know when you guys are recording, doing the show, all that stuff. Like, I'd, I'd love to make it work with you. 
like a week later, I'm sitting there at training camp, same thing, you know, at our, our, our Steelers radio tent booth, you know, doing coverage and things like that for the day. <laughs> and I see Bradley's like hovering by our table and I'm like, uh, uh, what's, 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 what's going on here? So we go to break. Right. And, and, and Bradley goes, Hey, Wes, can I talk to you for a minute? And I go over and he like kind of puts his arm around me and he goes, he goes, I'm really sorry, but we found somebody else for the pigskins too. <laughs> <laughs> and I go scrap it's all right man like you know he's like he's like I'm sorry I, you know I, I, t- I, t- I asked you to do it two weeks ago and I feel really bad and I just you know da 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 and I go I go brother it's 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 fine like it's all good it's no worries I go who you do- who's who's doing it and he goes oh Dale Wolfley's gonna do it with us and I went why don't you just say that from the get-go right I mean, if, if I'm gonna get bumped for anybody tell me it's Wolf and I'm fine I get it I completely get it so that was uh, how I almost did a show with Tom Bradley and Jay Paterno, but you know, I guess they had to go with the bigger name of Dale Wolfley. You were sloppy first. That's right. <laughs> so that's my that's my final that's my final thoughts as as we close this thing out. Had to get that that last one in to hopefully make you guys chuckle. Exactly what you got. I think this is exactly what Wolf would want. Just a BS session. <laughs> telling stories, chatting, and 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 being a bunch of slaps. So I, I think I'd like to think we're doing we're doing him right in a way that he'd like it. And you know, I've seen a bunch of people say it. Tell your loved ones you loved them. And hey, guys, man. I love you to pieces. I can't thank you enough for involving me in all this. I can't thank you enough for being a part of my life. It means a lot that I get to know each of you guys on a personal level. So I love you and thank you. Love you too, dog. You're right. That's, I mean, I know Jed, you, you said that to to us in the group chat on Sunday when we were kind of talking about it. Um, I think, you know, times like this, right. That is one of the, one of the minuscule silver linings that you can pull is it always kind of brings you back to uh, the people in your life that you love, make sure they know that you love them uh, through your words, through your actions. And uh, yeah, well said, Sean, love, love you guys too. And, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that in that statement from his family, which was eloquent, beautifully written, perfectly worded, I don't think it's a coincidence that they, pretty sure they use the phrase fierce protector. Okay. So here's what I'm going to close with. If Wolf was here, I promise you, the one thing he would want to make certain of is his family is taken care of because he's not here to do it so he loved his family he loved mountaineer nation mountaineer nation love him back now's your chance do what he would want done and let's take care of his family and give them what they need in this tough tough time love him back by helping them out go to that gofundme do whatever you can please and i'm sure it will be greatly appreciated by a fine family Absolutely. Like you said, Jed, just the best thing that we can all do right now is, is reach out to our uh, loved ones, like you said, Sean, and uh, just support and any way possible, whether it's a, just a hello or a a handshake, a wave, a a picture, uh, if you can, uh, a few shekels, uh, anything, anything is uh, greatly appreciated. And and hope you know you or or myself would do the same amen gentlemen amen a uh a thank you uh you know we didn't do any commercial breaks or any any ad reads or anything like that in this episode i don't think it would have felt right but i do want to say a thank you to to bet online to toothman ford and to uh to fortis for presenting this episode of itg as always uh we want your dale stories that's the last part of this right uh on twitter in the youtube comments wherever uh we know you got stories and uh and we we would love to hear them that'll do it for this edition of itg hope you all enjoyed uh listening to this hope it was therapeutic for you in a way i i know it was for all of us and uh once again our our thoughts our prayers our hearts uh with the wolfley family um his wife his kids uh, his brothers, his sisters, his mom, who is who is uh, who is still with us as well too. As, as Jed mentioned, you know, their, their their father did pass away a few years ago. Um, 
but his mom's still with us as well. Um, so we will be wishing them all the best uh, funeral uh, viewings and funerals and, and that kind of stuff Wednesday, Thursday of uh, of this week up in Buffalo. So can't think of a better way to uh, to honor his memory than to uh, to go down to down to Houston and play with your hair on fire and, and leave it all out there on the field and, and do Wolf proud on on Thursday, the same day that he will be laid to rest. So we'll be back with uh, with more of what you expect the, the rest of this week on ITG. We'll have our pick we'll have our, our Cougs preview, all that good stuff. Um, but I thought this this at least lined up well in the sense of nothing to recap today except for the the life of a uh, of a mountaineer of one of our own who in a lot of ways was larger than life. Uh, for our handsome tubby man of gold, Sean Mariner, the signal caller, Jed Drenning, and the runaway beer truck, Owen Schmidt, our producer, Skyler, as well, too, putting it all together for us, as always. Take care, everybody. Love on each other. Uh, and don't don't waste an opportunity to to let those in your life know uh, that you care about them, that you love them. Be an ear and tell an ear uh, about your new favorite WVU football podcast and uh, and about any good memories that you have about, about our brother, our WVU brother, Dale Wolfley. You've been in the gun. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.